You're listening to the Skylight Books Podcast. We're an independent, general interest bookstore putting great reads in the hands of people in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles. Hosted by resident Skylighters, we're here to bring you new and exciting author conversations, group reads, and bookseller chats. Happy listening. Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome to Skylight. This is the Skylight Books Podcast, and I'm your host, Lance Morgan. Today, we have Liam Campbell to talk about the new edition of his magazine, Elska. Liam Campbell editor, is the editor-in-chief of Elska Magazine, a gay photography and culture mag, sharing local boys and local stories from around the world. Liam, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. No, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. I'm a big fan of Elska. Um, it's such a great magazine that we carry in our store. Um, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm all right. It's uh, not too hot, which is fortunate because uh, I've had to turn the air conditioner off to not make too much noise. So, no, I mean, that's that is fortunate because I heard that there's there's a heat wave on your side, right? You're in New York right now. Yeah, like two days ago, it was 35. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's a lot. It's but today a lot. It's like it's, it's I don't know. It's over 90 Fahrenheit for sure. But today's not too bad. <laughs> No, I hope, listen, I hope we're not jinxing it and, you know, you're to leave the podcast and it's just sweltering out there, uh, crossing fingers, yeah. crossing fingers. Yeah. Um, Liam, you have a uh, reading, a reading prepared for us today? I do. Yes, I do. Perfect. I'll let you take it away. Okay. So uh, the story I've chosen, it's from the darker Bangladesh edition of Elska. Um. Yeah, I think just to preface this, you know, none of the people I feature in Elska are professional models or celebrities or anything, and they're not professional writers either. So, you know, not everything necessarily is super well written or even that interesting, but it should be uh, a reflection of the person's real voice and, uh, you know, feel like you actually met this person and talking to them. So anyway, uh, this is by a guy called Salmon. And uh, it's translated from Bangla. So I'm reading the English version here. Okay. Uh, it was midnight. I'd been up late studying. And finally, I decided to go to sleep. I put my reading away, plugged my mobile phone into charge and crawled into my bed. But just as I closed my eyes, I heard the sound of an incoming message. I picked up my mobile, looked at the screen and saw the word hi written there. It was from a man over 50 years old. Ever since I came to realize my homosexuality, I also found that I had a strong attraction to older men. I don't know why. I didn't delay and answered his message with great respect. I don't know if he was a quiet man or if it was because of his age or culture, but he was not very emotional. Me, on the other hand, I was young, a teenager really, and I was extremely emotional. I would ask him things that he'd never have asked me, things that didn't need to be or should not be said. But this man understood that I was young and he surely realized that my behavior was normal for boys of my age. Being a doctor, he understood me even more so and he took the time to answer my questions or simply humor me. He was from Dallas, USA. There's a big time difference between us, yet we managed our schedules so that we talked often, almost as if we lived in the same country. Every day we talked about many things. We talked about family, what he did all day, what's the plan for tomorrow, everything you can imagine. I should have been very frustrated with the long distance, but he gave me courage. 
Later, during a low time in my life, when I didn't have a job, he was with me. He was always with me. He supported me in every part of my life. And from him, I learned to love. Two years passed. We were still talking over the phone and planning to meet many times, but it just never happened. Then suddenly, without warning, he sent me a message. Where are you? Can you meet now? I was so excited and completely in shock. I couldn't understand what was going on. My heart rate was rising. Tears of joy were falling. This person who talked to me for two years was in my city today, all the way from the USA. I didn't hesitate to go out and meet him. Together, we did so much. We had many memorable moments. But after a week, he went back again and our relationship went back to the way it was before. We spent another year talking over the phone, planning many times to meet again, but he did not come. Then suddenly there was no news from him. He did not talk to me anymore. I miss him badly. He taught me how to love, but he didn't teach me how to forget. Still, I'm waiting for my love. He will come and he will love. How's that? No, that's, wow. <laughs> no, that, I mean, it, I, after reading many of them and the, um, and just many of the publications, it's just, these stories are so, I feel like you undersold it in your introduction to this. They're interesting. They're very interesting. They're very real no, it, these people. It is very, you know, it's, I think it's not terribly sensational is what I should say. But yeah, it's very interesting and it's very, um, I guess, typical of the experience I, experiences I heard about when I was in Bangladesh, mm -hmm. because it's not an easy place to be gay mm -hmm. and it's therefore very difficult to meet people. And often the only way or the safest way is to meet with a foreign visitor and, um, you know, it's, it's a very unequal power dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this shows that a lot of what great love he felt for this man he didn't know but got to meet once and then the man just kind of lost interest maybe I don't know I imagine he has online yeah. friends all over the world you know mm -hmm. and um, but even so for, for this man for the first salmon it you know it was a very real kind of love and um I don't know if he's just an optimistic chap or what, but he certainly holds on to this idea that that he will come. And I remember him telling me, you know, after this, he says, I've written this story about him. Do you think maybe he'll find it? Do they sell this in, in Dallas? You know, maybe he'll see it. It's like, well, you know, I have no idea, but um, you never know, right? Never know. I hope so. Um, Dallas peeps listening. <laughs> you know, find him, make it work, do your magic. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, I, well, I first want to talk about, because I don't want to, there's so much to talk about with here, with Elska, but, and I'm pronouncing Elska right, right? Oh, yeah, that's know, right. I, I was just like, the entire time, I was like, have, what if I've been pronouncing it wrong the entire time before this? Oh, that would have been. Honestly, that would have been a good zinger on me at the end if you were just like, well, you pronounced it wrong this entire episode. <laughs> um, no, I suppose sometimes people think it's an acronym, but no, it's just a, it's just a word. Just, it means no, love um, in Icelandic. So. I mean, I uh, love that. I love that. 
I love love. Um, love is love. Happy Pride. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is your newest one, Mont- in, which takes place in Montreal, right? It, you did. Mm. You went out there. You shot some beautiful portraits and had some great essays. How was that trip for you? Uh, Montreal was really quite crazy I would say really um I yeah I I've been to Montreal a long time ago when I was at university I my degree is French and politics and Mm. we had to do a you know study abroad or work abroad you know spend a period of time abroad program in a French-speaking place and I chose Mm. Montreal just to be different just to be weird where everyone else went to France or Switzerland anyway um but yeah I love it I think it's got the most um the biggest kind of gay village in all of North America. Wow. Um, yeah. But also, you know, it helps to speak French <laughs> to get into it, which, which I know a lot of people that they, they don't like Montreal and you find out, well, they don't, they only speak English and it, it, it puts your opportunities like in half or even worse than half. Cause it seems like all the cultural stuff happens in French. Anyway, I'll go on a tangent, but <laughs> no, um, that's a good that's a good essay. I would read that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but basically, yeah, I mean, I made actual two editions out of it, two separate um, volumes, because mm-hmm. people were just so open and so kind of bold, and um, you know, in general, the way I approach Elska is to, to just seek people out or let mm-hmm. them come to me and if they're interested to do a shoot they do a shoot and then it's up to them if they want to you know just kind of do some shots in the neighborhood and a couple at home or if they want to take all the clothes off and do a new shoot as part of it as well and in montreal everyone wanted to do both and in these nude shoots pretty much everyone wanted to like be completely nude and, and mm-hmm. show everything and mm-hmm. some of them were even being quite um uh sex positive i suppose i could say you know kind of getting interested in themselves even though i was right there in a i don't know if not even in an exhibitionistic way but in a kind of i don't know i'm i'm enjoying myself kind of way it was uh you know i can be a bit despite my job i can be a bit shy and uh reserved sometimes and it was like really pulling me out of that shell so it was it was fun for sure (laughs) No, I mean that one surprise because yeah, to I feel like um, to be there with these people, I would have guessed you were like extroverted and you know, you know, just like really that. Could you talk about that? Like your your like experience behind the camera with all of these with all with all these people who are being very open and very you know vulnerable with you in a way are you. I feel like you're also being vulnerable with them behind the camera. Yeah, I suppose I am. I mean, but the truth is I just sort of perform an extroverted um, persona mm-hmm. or or rather I, you know, I try to kind of match what people's mood is and, you know, in a way to make them more comfortable. I think mm-hmm. in a social situation, particularly really if it's, a group of people I have a really difficult time speaking or you know even kind of standing up straight like I, I really cower with one person I'm not too bad so it helps that I'm 
shooting one or maybe a couple. Uh, but yeah, I just I just try to mirror them and I and I think of it like you know like a performance. Like okay, I'm doing a job, mm-hmm. and it's super exhausting to be extroverted, honestly. But you know, the shoot lasts a few hours, and then I and then I'm exhausted, and I'll take a break. You know, some people are super gregarious, and I can't handle it. Like I really <laughs> can't handle it. But <laughs> usually, the kind of the chill vibe. Mm-hmm. helps them relax so I don't have to like go over the top you know no I mean the idea of you having an alter ego to you to do this is I mean I would maybe you should you know invest that invest into that like have a full art alter ego you know your own name kind of like a like a um Sasha Fierce like who is your who oh, yeah, is yeah. your person persona like that when you're behind the camera no I well, mean it, but oh sorry no go ahead I was just gonna say I don't really like doing that performance it feels very much not me um Mm -hmm. but you know it's like I've just got to get it done and then and then when it's over I I almost feel like I've stepped out of my body for a while and it's done and I'm like oh what happened there it's like quite a blur and then you know later sometimes a month two months later I'm editing the Mm -hmm. photos and I'm like oh gosh I don't really remember any of this no I mean that's but it, that must be fun to you know look back to and be like have this evidence of this work too that sometimes you're like in the moment I was you know overwhelmed but now I get to like look at you know look at experience it again from this perspective that must be fun yeah I mean for sure and and you know when I look at the photos because I'm 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 not really staging people so much as mm-hmm. just kind of chatting, walking, moving about and, and snapping as we go. So a lot of the candid shots really can tell me a story later, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe I've forgotten. You know, there was a guy in Montreal, uh, Max, and just something about the energy, I felt very crushy towards him. And mm-hmm. I was super awkward, like really I was awkward. Mm-hmm. And um, I sort of thought that probably I was making him awkward. And then later I'm looking at the photos and there's like a lot of laughter. And I thought, oh, wait, no, he was having a good time. <laughs> wasn't, it good. wasn't awkward. And then, mm-hmm. and then he told me later, like, you know, I'm sorry that you were too busy to come to lunch. And I thought, oh, yeah, he did invite me out to lunch. And I completely like missed out on that. But um, yeah, it's just such a blur sometimes. <laughs> no, I mean, I could only imagine um could you talk about the birth of Alska like the inception of the idea and you know the start yeah well um you know back when I was uh, at school like in high school I was very into photography particularly Mm. fashion and, and that sort of thing and I wanted to do that as a job but I just I guess I was sort of afraid. I didn't understand like how you could possibly make money doing art. So I, you know, abandoned all that and tried to get a real job. Um, <laughs> You've been there. Yeah. But um, I ended up becoming a teacher, school teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to take a career break and I became a flight attendant. And when I was in this job, you know, going all over the world, I thought I need to get back into photography. Because, for example, I'd be in Kuwait or, I don't know, uh, Kenya, and I would think, I, I got to take pictures. I'll, 
why you know i might never come here again mm-hmm. so i've got to take pictures but i just yeah. wasn't really interested in taking snaps mm-hmm. of scenery of landscapes i was focusing on people doing that street photography kind of hiding and taking pictures of people without them knowing it and then i thought well why don't i talk to some people and ask them you know can i take your photo so what ended up happening is is every time i would land somewhere and have you know two three days layover whatever it was as soon as i'd land i'd turn on those gay apps mm-hmm. message a few people and say hey do you want to do a photo shoot and uh, surprisingly a lot of times people said yeah sure so I, I started just doing it like that yeah and eventually i had the idea of like well maybe i could make a book of this or you know and, and i landed on this concept of like a, a periodical where i could make mm. little books each from a different city and featuring uh, just those guys that I happened to meet there. No, I mean, that's, I mean, talk about community and the culture through that way for through the apps too. What a, what a more wholesome way to use the apps than what most people do, right? Uh, very like, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, like the fact that a lot of people would be, you know, open to do this and, you know, be like, so um it's it, the the way you described it was very it seemed very like chill and very you know very uh friendly and you know just that kind of community seems i mean great <laughs> it just seems so refreshing yeah. to hear I, sh- I should say at the same time i was doing a bit of uh photography work and fashion etc and so I had like a little bit of a portfolio yeah so it's not like I would message someone and just you know without evidence that I was a real (laughs) photographer they could see like my website my portfolio and like so that definitely helps a bit because I can't tell you how often I hear from guys and they'll say oh yeah tons of people ask me to take their photo from these apps and you know I don't know who they are and I'm like oh bloody hell be careful yeah no i mean it's yeah be careful be, if you're hearing this out there don't accept it from anyone if you see leon yes that's great yes. well yeah but check them out check them check out them google out. their check name yes if they're googleable then they're probably all right well depending well, hopefully on. hopefully yeah. um no but still that's just you know it's it's refreshing to hear a story from that come from like you know like sites where it's usually just for hooking up but like it's also like you know community comes out of it um how i mean you've shot in how many cities there i want to say 14 but i might be underselling oh god no i'm I'm much more than that much more than that um i'm i'm right now editing what will be the 38th 38th wow i was really underselling i'm so sorry um i and i was like i i counted the other day too and i was like i i counted what we've we um love selling it in the store a lot of especially um it's so funny whenever i see uh uh like queer people come into the store and look they're like i want to see something like a little i want they're like i want to see something sexy but something also like you know different than what i've seen before and new and then i show them elska and they're very like wow this is from different cities around the world they're like I've been here I love this city or um someone just 
the other day got the Brazil one because they were like, this is one of my favorite cities I've ever traveled to. And this is so, they're like, they actually flipped through and they, at one point, they're like, I know this person. I've actually met this person there. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right. <laughs> Listen, it's, you know, it, it, they seemed happy about it. They seemed happy about it. Um, Good. <laughs> no, it's, 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 um, it's such a great magazine. How, like, how, having traveled to all these cities doing this now, what do you feel like, you know, more, world experience in like traveling the world i mean you always said you were a flight attendant before but is this must be feel different to you right mm, yeah i'm i'm not very frightful i guess <laughs> i just sort of expect that things will work out like i, mm -hmm. I don't really worry about anything um, right you know sometimes things have been a bit difficult like um, in morocco i did one in casablanca and that mm. was quite frightening, to be honest. You know, Ooh. I know a lot of people love it as a holiday destination, but when I'm there, like for my purposes, interviewing and photographing, mm -hmm. you know, people from LGBTQ community, it's I'm doing something very much I shouldn't be doing and, and could cause danger. And so, um, you know, it was difficult because I thought this is maybe important in some way you know mm -hmm. to to show this community to show that the people here exist and in particular there's a reputation of morocco as this kind of gay paradise where you can very easily um, hook up with some very sexy people and you know it's true but like what what's the perspective of the people who actually live there um, mm -hmm. and it's um it's not so great and it wasn't great for me trying to navigate this you know and talk to these people and you know i had some issues where someone ended up threatening me and, and um you know i didn't like it at all i didn't have a good time at all um some places i have a wonderful time and some sometimes i don't but um i just sort of i try not to worry about it too much it's also that if i go somewhere without too much of too much preparation then i'm more able to gain a perspective that comes from what people tell me, the people mm -hmm. I meet, right? So right. I, especially, you know, in a very, um, in a culture that's very different to my own, I don't want to have too many ideas that I'm like explaining the culture. I'd rather like just share what people tell me and then pass that on rather than my judgment or my summation. But, mm -hmm. you know, so if I just kind of go somewhere open and, not worry about things. Then no, I think I mean, it produces a most uh, real result. No, that's gorgeous. <laughs> the way you said that was just so. Wow, paints a beautiful picture of you know your own travels there. Um, do you have any? What's some fun stories though? You know, some unexpected things that you've discovered there. Some, um, you know, some just times where you were just like wow this was something that i will never forget or just full of joy mm. yeah i mean i think um some of the best come from from reykjavik which was mm -hmm. the third issue um it's a great tale of a guy david and uh, he wanted to shoot at the edge of this fjord the whales fjord it's called Mm. I think uh, anyway 
and he wanted to do it naked as well, right? But it's very cold. Yeah. As you might imagine. And very, yeah. very windy. <laughs> so we had this like situation. We leave the car running, you know, and then he'd come out and do like, you know, literally like three photos and then, you know, huddle into the blanket and into the car, wait a moment, go out again, keep doing it over and over and over. And the poor, but you know, he was like completely up for it, poor guy. I'm fully clothed, but he's like completely stark as except for his boots. Um, and, and another guy, another guy in, in Iceland, we um, we did some hiking, and mm. uh, there's um, Selja Vatnaloy. It's a very secluded outdoor heated swimming pool that you have to hike sort of 20 minutes to get to in the in oh, a wow. valley between these mountains. And that was quite amazing, you know, just to kind of do a shoot, do a few shoots of shots of him in the water. And then, you know, me and um, I had an assistant with me on that trip. You know, we just like put all our equipment down, undressed, joined him for a swim. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's amazing when you can kind of take time to uh, enjoy the experience of travel and not just be like work, work, work. Yeah. Do you, you, you were saying you had an assistant, so do you travel alone mostly or do you travel, do you have some people with you? Do you have a team that comes out with there with you sometimes? Uh, I mostly do it alone. And I think the first eight, eight, the first eight issues, maybe mm -hmm. I always had an assistant. And then what happened is uh, I realized one that I could do it myself, like mm -hmm. the help is nice, but it's not necessary. And mm -hmm. also that sometimes, you know, these guys who, like I mentioned before, are not professional models or actors or anything like that. They felt kind of intimidated when there's multiple people there. Mm -hmm. and especially, yeah. And especially when we do shoots that are inside their home, sometimes mm -hmm. people would say, can, can the assistant wait outside, please? You know, wait in the corridor in the street because it, it's just too nerve wracking to have. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a very vulnerable experience to to a photo shoot, particularly at home with with less clothes on, mm -hmm. and so um, I I just realized well maybe it'd be better to not have this entourage that just um, you know intimidates in a way. Yeah. No. I mean, I can. Yeah. The the. <laughs> the intimidation i can only i'm like putting myself in that perspective now too and i'm like oh yeah yeah there's too many like the less people would be the better for me if i were in that perspective yeah. to fully understand that um can you talk about the dichotomy of you know shooting these people in a lot of vulnerable um even though like they're you know a lot of them sound like they're open for it but like shooting them from that perspective and then like you know talking with them and writing about them for their essays or their own like their own voices in the magazine <laughs> phrase it a different way <laughs> I zoned that's out fair. For a minute. that's <laughs> fair no no um the dichotomy between you know like shooting them on camera versus interviewing them or having them Right, like you know, is it, it? It sounds like both vulnerable things, but like in two different ways. There, yeah. Well, uh, it kind of depends. Usually, I ask for them, you know, to write a story and to send it mm -hmm. to me before we meet, 
Mm -hmm. then I get some idea of a little idea of who they are or mm -hmm. just just a sense of the energy I guess mm -hmm. um, but also it's nice sometimes to meet someone without knowing anything about them I've quite often shot people that have no idea what they look like mm -hmm. no idea even like you know how old they are anything really just kind of the name and the you know phone number so we know when to meet <laughs> right and then just discovering as we go um but you know i just i, I don't like to have plans i don't like to mm -hmm. create a story if i have an expectation that someone is i don't know going to be very serious or or maybe very um i don't know erotic mm -hmm. because they wrote a story that's you know talking about a night of passion mm -hmm. then and and then maybe i'm tainting what the shoot can be you know just because mm -hmm. he writes a certain way doesn't mean the mood of the day when we're together is going to reflect that right so actually I've, I've kind of gone to a place of I'm, I'm still asking people to send me the story before but i don't really read them mm -hmm. which is kind of disrespectful in a way <laughs> but <laughs> to them like what you didn't even read it like i'll read it later but <laughs> I just want to get to know you as if it's completely kind of blind date situation and, right. and see how it goes. I mean, sometimes it does create a problem. Like again, to talk about this uh, Montreal issue, uh, there was a guy in there who in the shoot, he was fair. Uh, I mean, to be fair, just see, I'm getting muddled up now. I'm like a little bit, not prudish, but anyway, um, he masturbated right which oh, wow. is not like a, a very a common experience for me but he did and mm. you sort of if someone gets if someone ever gets an erection in a shoot it's a moment where you have to i think you have to pause and say are you aware that that's happened do you want to like take a break and talk about something very um distracting or mm. you want me to continue and you know in this case he was like yeah go on and then he yeah he mm. had a moment and, you know, that's lovely. That's nice. And it's amazing that he shared that with uh, not just me and my camera, but like everyone who reads this. Mm -hmm. But then I went to read his story and he wrote his story about his son, uh, his, his baby son, and also about the death of his father. And I thought, well, you know, I know sex is a part of life, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not that they don't exactly that they necessarily conflict, but I was very uncomfortable of like, how do I print these photos alongside this story? So I ended up just kind of not publishing as many of the most risque photos in the print magazine. And then I have a, a bonus magazine called Elska Extra that subscribers mm. can get. And I put most Ooh. of those in there. And then I, you know, I put the story kind of paired with some photos that were very playful. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, he was part of the scene. He was in a, in a playground. So I paired the photos with there. Then we mm -hmm. had some pages of kind of separation before he got <laughs> into yeah. that next stage. Right. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I think if, if I'd read his story beforehand, I would have said, you know, like, absolutely, you need to stop doing that. You need to relax. You need to, 
put your underwear back on. But, you know, <laughs> I would have missed um, an interesting moment, shall we say. I mean, yeah, that, what a, <laughs> I feel like that's, what a weird, you know, I want to, I'm going to, I'll ask you afterwards so I could like look more into, look for that one too. I just, I'm interested in that story now, the essay, because to see those two must be, you know, mm. just the two sides of that. Interesting. Um, yeah. I would, I, I, but also I'm like slightly worried you're going to remove it from the shelf and wrap it in plastic and put it next to the <laughs> Oh no, listen. 18 uh, only curtain or something. If we... If, no we don't do that it's we discreet have, nobody knows we have uh we sell a lot of things at skylight books a lot of really good things and a lot of risque things but you know it's it's all art it's all beautiful art and i mean i love it um i want to ask this is a selfish me one because my favorite one city that you did was atlanta because i loved looking you did there were so many just different gorgeous black bodies in there that I got to see in the city I love Atlanta I used to live um very close and it's like you know it's just very it's known as like a very black queer space and a lot of like people know that there I mean there are others but like that Atlanta is known for that and so I was just it was fun and just very refreshing to see um these black bodies on uh these black bodies shot the way he did it and they were beautifully shot um in a way that I feel like a lot of black uh models are (laughs) they kind of get you know not the same treatment um when they're on camera a lot of the times how was that experience shooting Atlanta I mean Atlanta is such a special place it really Mm -hmm. is from what people told me and i'm happy to repeat people tell me it's the black gay capital of america maybe of the world really because i've had so many experiences um for example in lisbon portugal Mm -hmm. um where there's quite a large uh black community mainly Mm -hmm. like coming from angola and mozambique and uh, former Portuguese colonies in Africa. Right. But these communities tend to be poorer, mm-hmm. more conservative, more religious. And so queer men in those communities are no way willing to be featured in something so public. Right. So a lot of parts of the world where you have gay, queer, black men, they're unwilling, they're mm-hmm. afraid, they're in danger to participate in something like this. But what I found in Atlanta is that community really had the confidence and the support to like be free and be out there and show themselves. And, you know, so that's an amazing thing about Atlanta. And Mm -hmm. I don't know anywhere else that has that um, strong and um, powerful of an LGBTQ community. No, I mean, it, it, it features so well, even the stories that there was something very, 
special about the stories that were told in there too and very um unique to Atlanta when I read them I was like yeah this is very <laughs> this is very Atlanta culture very um there was one about oh it's escaping me now uh it's early I haven't had my coffee yet but there were, I just remember there were so many where there was um this was the first one I read and uh, still my favorite one um this is uh, Atlanta I mean I love them all but Atlanta's what attracted me to it because I saw I mean seeing Atlanta there I was like what this is what is this magazine um last year when I discovered it I was like what is this magazine it's why why this is why is someone featuring Atlanta like this and I read it and I was like oh my god this was gorgeous I have to have this and I just like slowly started collecting more and more of them but um I don't know there were so many stories in there that I was like yeah this is this is just sounds right this sounds like the place to you know be black and queer and open and you know just uh so many in the the people that I saw in there were just gorgeous in like a free and them expressive way it just felt very and they felt very one thing too about it was they felt very comfortable you could see it in yeah. their pictures they felt very safe which you know for black queer people anywhere in the world to just like to feel safe behind to feel safe in that open and just felt very refreshing yeah, yeah it felt it was a very I mean, refreshing thing I think another thing that was really special about it to me is it broke a lot of stereotypes that mm-hmm. um, non-black people maybe have about black men um, I can speak more from British perspective and this kind of a in terms of gay black men there's an idea maybe they're um, tough thuggish that they have very large penises that they're always tops mm-hmm. and you know um when you look at the atlanta issue you know some of them have got small dicks some of them have got big ones some of them are you know appear to be very kind of gentle mm-hmm. and sweet and you know it's not fitting like what you might see in pornography in terms of mm-hmm. how a black man is depicted and the same goes for uh, on the other hand of Asian men and the sort of stereotypes you get there yes. you know when I when I've done issues in uh, Manila mm-hmm. uh, or Seoul you know you you break a lot of the same stereotypes that you that come from from the more mainstream I don't yeah. know what you want to call it right. community and, and the media that we've gotten used to so and the it's nice station. to show people yes yes yes, yes, yeah. yes nice to show people as they actually are and um i think i do it with a kind of sincerity that you know i'm not like playing a game or trying to be political i'm just like telling the truth and saying say see these these are like this is what it's really like you know yeah no and i've felt that um in that issues especially just i mean obviously I, there's it's a, there's an obvious reason why i connected with it as a black queer man myself i get it makes sense but just like no it felt and i feel like yes when other people um see themselves expressed in this way through a magazine like i've 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 sold it to um to asian men to brown men to black men to um to in non-binary people and people who you know just have not want to see themselves expressed um 
in ways that they haven't seen before behind in on camera and their stories told and connect to the stories of these people as well i don't know it's just it's it's so nice to see something like that the, something reach people like that it's uh it's great um sadly we have to wrap up but the last thing i want to ask you um are there any cities you know that you've just <laughs> the obvious question I bet you get all the time but like cities that like you you know would be like if you got to pick any cities yourself tomorrow like and they all they're all a yes they're all a yes no matter what which cities would you go to oh to go shoot um hmm. well I think I'd quite like to do Ah, well, gosh, it's such a, it is a really hard question, isn't it? Um, I mean, there's some places that I think just kind of maybe not possible. Like I'd quite like to go to Tahiti or something and, you know, have an excuse to go on a beach holiday. But I don't, I don't know, like if the population is enough to make that work. But um, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think what I would like to maybe do soon is a, a place that's very like renowned as kind of a global queer um i don't know paradise paradise mm. mecca i don't know uh san francisco mm. I, I i i you know i'm nearly at what did i say 38 issues and no san francisco yet i think it needs oh. to be done yeah I mean, that'd be a so fun I'm, city. I hope I can do that. It's just so expensive, like hotels and that. Oh my yeah. God. I don't know how I'm going to cope with it, but <laughs> that's why that's probably why I've not done it yet. But that that's one like I'd really love to do. Well, San Francisco, I bet that one too would be, you would get so many uh, like people offering to be on camera. That might be like a six issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know how to handle that either. But <laughs> that one might I have was to just say. Well, you know, uh, everywhere I go, I give myself a week or so and, you know, shoot as much as I can, like, you know, mm -hmm. three shoots a day. And then when it's full, that's it. I've got to leave. And, you know, whoever I've got, that's who I've got. And... Mm -hmm. That's fair. But, yeah. I mean, uh. it, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I hope that for you, that's, that would be, yeah, I can only imagine that'd be such an amazing issue to see. Um, and the stories, oh, the stories that, would come with that too in san francisco um that's a i'm i'm sold when it's i'm excited for that to hit the shelves um so hopefully soon crossing fingers yeah i mean i i, I don't want to like give too much away but i recently just a few weeks ago i shot paris which will be coming in the Ooh. autumn and something really different about that is the participants are on the older side Ooh. i'd say at least a, a third or over 40 oh. and um you know that's also nice to have like a representation in that way of yes of older mm -hmm. older men and you know not that 40 is that old but you know what i mean I, yeah. i've had i've had i've had from 18 to 75 but kind of most people are tend to be you know around 30 so it's yeah. nice to get different types of people no i mean that's well i'm excited to see that one too uh, yeah i feel like you know especially in uh 
the the gay male community you don't see a lot of people um over yeah 40 really over on on um camera this way models and yeah, uh, maybe not over 25 really <laughs> i mean i was gonna say i was gonna say 35 but yeah you know, right um no i just i mean that sounds i'm excited for it i'm excited to see it and i hope listeners i hope you are too um liam this has been great this has been so much fun to talk to you about this i yeah thank you very a, much no i'm a fan of your of your work and it's um you know it's just great talking to you about it and getting more of a perspective on it um do you have anything um, you would like to say to, you know, the independent bookstore community as a whole or, um, you know, just readers and uh, fans? Well, I would just say regarding independent bookshops, um, I owe them a lot, really, because um, I never had any interest from mainstream shops, mm-hmm. um, the big chains, and just you know, a shop like Skylight being willing to put it on the shelf and let people discover it. Um, It means a lot to me. And and I hope that people will go in. I always say to people like, yeah, you can buy it on the website, but, you know, see what shop, you know, check, check the website for the list of shops where they sell it and, you know, go there. Maybe you discover some other great stuff. Yeah. I mean, thank you. It's no, it's a pleasure carrying it. And like, I mean, this is I got to discover through to Skylight Books, and I mean I can only imagine the countless others who strolled into their local yeah. independent stores and found I, it. I mean, this is probably not maybe something I shouldn't say, but I know I know mm-hmm. a lot of people can't necessarily afford to buy a print mag, mm-hmm. and you know they can go in the shop if they're careful with it. They can discover it. They can have a look at it mm-hmm. and have access to it in that way. And, and I think that's that's important as well, that there are these yeah. physical items that people can reach. And, you know, maybe they only buy one or or maybe they just go and have a leaf through now and again and hope to one day grab one. But it's 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 giving a certain visibility and and showing people that there's people like them and they've got a place and, and having a, a physical space where they can access it. Yeah, um, it's a wonderful thing. No, and that's I, yeah, I love that too. I love that. I do. If you're in there and you just want to stop by and leaf through some copies of it, please come by Skylight yeah, Books. Just wash your hands. <laughs> no fingerprints. Please, 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 please. We have hand sanitizer at the door. Oh yeah, you must yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> please. Um, no, thank you, Liam. This has been such a pleasure. Liam Campbell, he's his magazine, um, Elska, the new edition Montreal is out now. But um, yeah, go through the other, go through these many cities and see these, you know, different men on in here, read their stories. It's great. Um, thank you so much, so much to my thank listeners. You. Um, listeners, if you're new, thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. Um, please, please, please check out our previous episodes. We have some really interesting and cool people like Liam um, that you can discover. And, you know, uh, thank you for checking us out. If you've been listening, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for coming back. We appreciate you and we love you all so much. Have a beautiful and amazing rest of your day. Do something nice for yourself and, you know, come back soon. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.